Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report. All, thanks for joining me. This is a Wednesday afternoon version of the Armor Report, and that means this is going to be an Armor Education video, okay? We're going to talk about the Armor Investing Way, and today we're going to cover how and when to buy a stock, and right after that, we're going to cover how to manage your stop losses, okay? So those are the two issues we're going to go over today as we go and try to delve deeper into what is the armor investing way. And then after that, I'm going to just get into a brief discussion about the market and what we're seeing right now with a little bonus track about um, the armor risk monitor, what the color is now and what it means and how long we'll be in that position. Okay. So without further ado, let me get to it. If you enjoy this, give me a thumbs up. Of course, you could subscribe right down here to the armor report, um, either the, YouTube channel, the subscription's right here, or thearmorreport.com, which I've set up for you as a website with tools to really access institutional flows of information, okay? And so what we do here, the Armor Report, stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. It's the combination, I call it quantumental investing, the combination of quantitative algorithms that we use to drive all of our risk-on, risk-off decisions they're proprietary. I'm going to talk about them tonight. And we combine that with a fundamental foundation. Together, that creates the, the information edge that I try to share with you every day. So as usual, um, I don't know you personally. I couldn't possibly give you, you know, recommendations of what stocks to buy or when. So I don't know your setup. But what I can do is share with you 30 plus years of experience doing this. Okay, I want to try to lift you up, put you on my shoulders, learn from my mistakes, share with you my successes, and hopefully together we'll help you increase net worth in a meaningful way over time. So let's jump right in and talk about the Armor Investing Way. It breaks down into three stages. The first stage, the fundamental research stage, it's where we build our whiteboard. We do our research, we figure out what stocks we want to own, and we don't run out and buy them right away. Okay? We don't buy things just because we like them. The market doesn't care what we like. So we put them on the whiteboard first. And we could do that through really three, there's three different methods that I kind of follow here at the Armor Investing Way. There's the William O'Neill style of investing, which is probably my, my go-to. I do that the most. Then you've got the Peter Lynch style of investing. You guys don't know who that is. It's a fund manager from Fidelity from years ago who really, you know, brought forward the idea of look at the products and services you use. And if you like them a lot, there might be a reason and do some research on those companies. And then, of course, the third way is buying turnarounds. Some people call it value investing. I like to call it a turnaround. I don't buy things just because they're a value. I buy them because there's something um, new about the company that's trading at a value price that will change the perception of the street and start to turn that stock into a growth stock. Okay. So those are the three steps to build in the whiteboard. The next step 
is execution research. And for us, that means algorithms. Look, algorithms are the inside information of institutions today. Okay? It's just a fact. There's always going to be information if you're willing to pay for it, if you're an institution, you're going to get that information before most people. All right? Maybe no one wants me to say that. Maybe it's a secret, but I'm letting it out. Okay? In the 1950s and 60s, if you sat down with the CEO of a company, you took him to dinner, and he told you how great his quarter was, and you went and bought the stock, there was nothing wrong with that. Right? And then eventually the SEC decided that's not fair because not everybody can do it, and that became inside information. So why is it that institutions still outperform individuals in many cases? Well, it's because there's other forms of information. And in today's world, that information are algorithms. There's many kinds of algorithms. The ones we use on our trading desk, and I share with you through the Armour Report, okay, and through these conversations on YouTube, is a probability algorithm that we've written here. It's based on statistics and probabilities, and its job is to put us on the right side of probability every time we put money to work, when the reward is worth the risk. And we have a metrics for that, okay? Computer crunches that, tells us, yep, now's the time to put capital to work. The reward's worth the risk. It's not a predictive model. Therefore, it'll never break. I'm not guessing the market. I'm not writing an algorithm that takes a lot of fundamental data and crunches it and comes up with a prediction. I don't know what the market's going to do next. I'm the first one to tell you that. But what I will say is if we follow the algorithms, and we have seven that are written for the top seven indexes that we use to drive all of our risk decisions, the magnificent seven, if you will, the NASDAQ 100, the small cap index, the Dow, the S&P, the big four, and then we have the momentum index, the value index, and the IBD 50. Those seven, when they sing in unison, we can dramatically increase the probability of success of either putting money to work or taking it off. And that's the algorithm sources we use and I share with you. And then we drill down into the groups and individual stocks using algorithms as well. That's the execution stage of the Armour Investing Way. And then the third stage is risk management. It's using stop losses and understanding how to execute them. So let's dive in right now and talk about how to buy a stock. When do we buy a stock on the Armour Report? When do we add a stock to Armour Portfolios? It, I, I tried to break it down for you into a bite-sized piece and to make it simple. It works like this. Here's a simple statistic for you. Seven out of 10 stocks follow the market. That's a fact. So to be on the right side of probabilities, we need to make sure the market is conducive to a new position. We use the magnificent seven algorithms to tell us that. Once that's happened, when we get risk on based on those algorithms and we drill down into our portfolio, our whiteboard, we find the individual names, 
And this is the key. Got a pen, grab a piece of paper, you can write this down. This is the key. You put, in our opinion, this is what we do. You can do what you want. Armor investing way. We put 100% of our capital to work at the beginning of the entry. Whatever that is. If you've decided to hold 30% cash in your portfolio and you just want to invest 70%, then if I say, okay, the algorithms say now's the time to put capital to work, you put that 70% to work. There's no averaging down and there's no pyramiding up in the armor investing way. There's no averaging down and there's no pyramiding up. Now I'm taking a minute for you to think about that. That's a very hard concept for most people. People love to average down. We don't do that here. We cut our losses immediately. Okay. We don't hope. We don't force our will on the market. Okay. We don't keep catching a falling knife. We admit when a position is not working as soon as possible. On the flip side, we don't go out there and taste a little bit at the optimal entry point. When the probabilities are most in our favor, we don't just take a little piece. And then when the asset moves higher, start chasing it. You're taking more and more risk the further and further you get from the stop. And so in order for the armor investing way to be its most successful, the optimal success. And I've done work to prove this from a statistical standpoint using algorithms. The time to put money to work is at the entry. We put 100% of our capital to work at the entry. Whatever that 100% is, let's say you put 5% positions in your portfolio and you carry 20 stocks. Okay, you put 5% on when you get the risk on entry point. You don't buy 2.5% and then when it jumps 10%, double it. You don't put 2.5% on and when it breaks down 10%, double it and think, hey, great, I got a bargain. doesn't work like that. If you're buying right, you want to put your capital to work at the entry point. Then you step away and let the stops take care of themselves. This is a major change from what you're probably doing. And it's hard to get used to. You got to work at it. But it's a key to the success of the armor investing way. Okay. Um, and then I would say that when do I execute during the day? This is the third thing to share with you. If I'm a trader, if I'm willing to trade a portfolio aggressively, I'll execute any time of day. But if I'm an investor, I'm looking for the right entry point, and I don't put the position on until about 3.30 that, that afternoon, sometimes 3.45. I need to be sure that the asset has closed at a level where the entry point is correct. Then I put my position on and I let it play out. Okay. If you're willing to trade, you can trade earlier. 
but you have to be willing to cut your loss in the same day if the asset's not working. If we buy something in the morning because we think it's going up and instead it craters by the end of the day, you have to step out. We're out. We don't take that loss overnight. We take it immediately. This is not working. We recognize it immediately. So for investors, we wait till the end of the day and say, yep, this is a real position we want on. We put the position on, then we start following our stops. So those are the three steps of how we buy stocks at the Armour Report. Okay, and I can answer some questions for you when this is over about that issue, if you'd like some more in-depth uh, uh, analysis. So now let's step to how do we execute our stops? This is key. This is a little bit of um, trade craft for you. So you might want to jot this down and just try it on your own. You might find more success here. Um, I'm not going to go over how we come up with stops. We did that in a different uh, a video, and we can do that again in the future. And if you need to see that video, you can go to um, the YouTube channel, look at um, the education series, the playlist, and you can find the um, video about how we set up our stops. But tonight, what I want to talk to you about this afternoon, I want to talk to you about how we literally, literally execute that stop. What happens when a stop gets triggered? So this is how it goes. Market opens. The stock goes down in the morning and goes and touches our stop. Might even go through our stop. We do not execute in the first two hours of the day. There it is. I just shared with you a little gem. Let's just keep that between the two of us, okay? That's something just for us. Because here's the reason we do it. There are, without a doubt, algorithms written to hunt your stop. They're stop hunt algorithms. And they do their, their greatest hunting in the first two hours of the session. They try to get you off the bus. They try to rip it away from the weak holders early in the morning. And so they're out there going through, looking for stops. Take you out, reverse the stock, it rips higher. Come on, tell me, how many times has that happened to you? Right? I know it. I know it. It happened to me. And that's why I came up with this strategy and we back tested it and we optimized it and we realized Number one, we do not place a stop into the market. Not in the morning. I don't want someone to see my stop. Okay? And the brokerage firms can tell me all day long that my stop is private. I don't believe it. Somebody's paying for that information, looking at the stops. I guarantee it. Right? What do I know? It's just a gut feeling. Okay. How come every time I put a stop into the market in the morning, it gets taken out and the stock reverses higher? Somebody sees it. So I don't ever put the order in. It's an alert. Okay. An alert pops up, says this, this price has been hit. Okay. Now what do we do? It's the first two hours of the day. We do nothing. Sometimes that results in a bigger loss than the stop that I had intended. It's true. I don't care. Because I know statistically speaking, my performance improves 
if I don't stop out in the first two hours of the day. So here's what we do. We let the stock trade in the first two hours. It hits below our stop and then it trades. At 11.30, we mark the low of the first two hours of trading. And that's the intraday stop for the rest of the day. At that point, I will put in a stop order. I don't care if they see it at that point after 11.30. I'll put in a stop order at the low of the day with an offset, right? Sometimes it's five cents below the low, 10 cents. That really depends on the stock I'm trading, the volatility it normally has, the spread between the bid and the offer, okay? So on a high price stock, an Amazon type of thing where the spread could be a couple of dollars, I need to, it can't just be the exact price. It has to be lower. So I need to make sure that the stock is trading below it, not just straddling my stop, okay? So for the rest of the day, we leave the stops out there in the market, and if it goes below to a new low on the day, we're gone. Trade's over. We let it trade the rest of the day. Here's the thing. At 345, if the asset is trading below the original stop, not the 1130 low, not that first two-hour low, but the original stop, if it's trading below it, we sell it. If it's trading above it, we hold the position and it lives to fight another day. Let's take a look at a stock that did that today. Ooh, let's take a look at a stock that did that today. This will be fun because this actually happened today in our portfolios. That is Netflix. That's not what I'm talking about. But what a great stock. That's another one in our portfolio. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, this is work. Slack. Slack is in our portfolio. Work. Okay. I'm going to show you what happened on a day trading chart. The lines you see on this chart are an algorithm that we've written called the Armor Price Movement Profiler. Okay, so we're looking at Slack on the Price Movement Profiler. Each line here, each red and green line are Fibonacci extensions above and below an opening range. The black dotted line is the Armor VWAP the uh, lines above and below the armor VWAP are one, two, and three standard deviations above and below the VWAP. We use all of these tools to day trade. Okay, so we take off-the-shelf VWAPs, off-the-shelf Fibonacci's, and then we infuse them with volatility components that are proprietary. So what you're looking at here is work. It opened below our stop. Um, which was somewhere, somewhere. I think it was um, in the 80s. I think it was uh, maybe. I think it was 30. Let's call it 3085. Let's call it the mid range. It could be a little bit off from that, but that's basically the idea. Okay. And what we said was, we're not going to stop out in the morning. We're going to let it trade for two hours. So here's the 11:30 price. And so, okay, we say the low of the day is now the new stop. So if you notice, it came down, went below our stop, which was 85 cents, that yellow line. It went below the stop, okay? 
We don't let it take us out. It trades higher almost immediately. Comes back down again, 11.30. We look at the 11.30 time slot all the way back, and we see the low of the day is here at 10.09. That low was $30.58. That becomes the new stop. As long as the stock is trading above that level, we don't sell it. So we had orders in the market right below that price the rest of the day. It came down and tested. It challenged us at 109. It looked like we were going to be hit. Stops were not hit. The stock closes above the original stop, which is $30.85. It closes at 3107. This stock lives in our portfolio to fight another day. Okay? So that's how we execute stops on the Armor Trading Desk. And as an Armor Insider, you guys know, throughout the day, I'm letting you know on our, in our Slack room, right? There's a Peter Lynch idea. We use Slack. We like that product. We've been trading that stock all year. Um, I'll let you know as things are happening, how our stops are changing and what we're doing. And I do that for Armor Insiders in the Slack room. So um, that about wraps up the, the teaching session of how we buy a stock, what we're looking for to get long, and then how we literally execute our stops on the way out. So let me jump right now to um, some perspective on what I think the market's doing. And I'll start it with a discussion of the Armor Risk Monitor. So if you subscribe to the Armor Report, you can click on armorreport.com. You can see that link down here. And we have a risk monitor. And on there, I try to simplify what the algorithms are saying, those magnificent seven. And I've kind of broken it down into red, yellow, and green lights. That worked real well up until the market crashed. And then it was kind of hard to explain what the algorithms were telling me. So let me try to explain it this way. In fact, this is the way to understand how to use the Armor Report Risk Monitor. When all seven indexes are giving us a risk on entry point, what does that really mean? It's not a, a guarantee or a guess of market direction. I don't know what the market's going to do. What I know at that point is the reward versus risk metrics is ideal. It's optimal. And the probabilities that the market goes higher off of that level, the probabilities are most in our favor. So with, with any kind of probability, I mean, it's not going to be 100%. So sometimes we're going to have positions we put on that immediately get stopped out and go back to cash. That happens. But over a large body of evidence, if we're on the right side of probabilities again and again, our net worth goes up. Okay? If we stay with our successes as long as possible and cut our losses as fast as we can in a reasonable way, you can completely turn around your investment performance. Completely. I mean, when I write algorithms, just to tell you this, is basic, anybody writing algorithms to trade indexes and trade stocks or anything, if you could write a strategy that makes money three times and loses money seven times, 
only makes money three times, loses money seven times, you're about breaking even if you're cutting your losses correctly. Okay, so then you keep writing that algorithm and improving it. Now you're four out of 10. So now you're making a little bit of money. 50-50, I know people who can feast on 50-50 if they cut their losses right and ride those five out of 10 that make money. Okay, our objective is to get into the 70 to 80% range. Seven or eight out of 10, we want to see make money for us. Okay? That's over a large body of evidence. So just because we buy 10 stocks and nine of them go up in this market, that's not normal. So there'll be other markets where we're buying 10 stocks and only five of them go up, right? And the averages will will cluster around seven, probably seven out of 10. That's what we're shooting for, okay? Right now we're in a mechanical bull market. And if you focus on leadership, it's like idea after idea is blowing out. So the risk monitor right now is green. Let me explain how that happens. I think what we should do is look at a chart of the S&P. Well, I discussed this with you. Okay. Here's a chart of the S&P. What we're looking at right here, as you can see, I've written it in for you. The 615 low of 296.74. That was the footprint day. That was the hoof print day of the Fed supporting the market, in our opinion, based on our research. So you could see back here, that was the big down collapse day after the Fed meeting. Then we had two days that tested that low, closed above it on that day, the 15th, and have been trading above it ever since. So our object here is to buy weakness in the midst of strength. We have a strong uptrend since the Fed started to mechanically uh, maneuver this market. And so the object is to buy the bottom of the trend and sell at the top of the trend. Right? We don't sell everything at once and we don't buy necessarily. And just because we get here doesn't mean we sell everything. But we were selling stocks right in here, if you guys remember. I came on this channel and I explained that Wednesday that it was time to be booking profits in the morning. So we took 30% of our portfolio out that morning. And then we sold off another 20% on this big down day. So we had 50% cash after that. Okay. But on this day here, we get the reversal. So we get more bullish. And then back here on Monday began the new green risk on buy signal for the risk monitor. All the indexes look the same. We look for confluence. They're all holding above the low that we think is the low the Fed has stepped in. When I say the Fed, guys, I mean whoever's front-running the Fed, whoever is, is working towards the Fed's ends, whatever, not necessarily the Fed itself. Okay, but the market is being supported. This is the low. This is the risk on entry point. A test of the low that holds right above the key moving averages, the 50 and the 200. This was day one of a green signal for the armor risk monitor. 
So now here's the rule, guys. Here's the rule. We're going to be green for only about five days in any market cycle. So when I say to you, we put most of our capital, all of our work when it's green. That's what I mean. We don't average in over time. We don't average down. We don't add stocks, stocks two or three weeks from now. We add everything we want right now in the next five days from Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the following Monday, right? Because Friday, the market's closed. Those are the five days where you'll see us putting stocks in portfolios. Then the risk monitor will go yellow. And yellow means we're not in manage the success mode, risk management mode, cutting losses. If this, if this risk on signal fails, we're cutting losses. If this risk on signal works and things are skyrocketing, then we look to book some profits at targets. We start raising trailed stops. Even, even with the whole market working, there are going to be some positions that fail. So we're still hitting some stop losses and raising cash. On a yellow signal, on a risk monitor yellow, you could take some of that cash you raise and buy a new name if you want. If you're conservative, you don't do that. You start building up your cash reserve for a rainy day. Okay? If you're aggressive, trading. Conservative, you start building your cash when you're on a risk monitor yellow. And then, of course, it's obvious. When it's risk monitor red, let's say this whole rally here fails. The market craters next week. Um, we're out of everything, right? That's what will happen. We'll have a failure at a key level. We'll raise cash. And when I say everywhere, I mean we'll follow stops on the way out. So depending on which stocks get hit and which don't, we'll be raising cash as, as quickly as we can. Okay, so that's where we are right now from a from a market standpoint. We're on a green signal. I'm not telling you to go buy stocks. I don't know you. I don't know your situation. And I certainly don't know what the market's going to do. But what I know is the entry point is optimal from a risk reward standpoint. We've done this a couple times already on the way up. One of these times it'll fail. That's okay. Because we've made a lot of money this year. So we just keep doing it. We keep following the strategy until we get stopped out, raise cash, take a break. I don't know when, that, when that's going to happen. Okay? So we'll see. And so what we do is just execute. And that's the mode we're in right now. Um, those are my thoughts for tonight. And I think what I'll do is just kick it out to you guys for any questions you might have, and we'll wrap it up. So we'll go to Matt. Curious uh, about when to sell uh, optimized profits. Netflix popped today. Was that a good opportunity to sell a portion or keep holding? Okay, so here's what, here's what I do. Here's the armor investing way. This is what I do, Matt. And let's take a look at Netflix together while I explain. Okay, there's Netflix. What a brilliant blowout that was today. So um, if you look here at this teal line, this is a um, standard deviation study that I do. And this is how I look for targeted exits. So if we go back a while on the stock, and this is just a few years, but we can go back even further, you're going to discover it's very rare that Netflix trades more than three and a half standard deviations 
above the 200-day moving average. And this is a standard moving average. See, it did it right here. It just almost touched it. Okay? So for me, if I'm going to sell at a target, I'm looking for that type of move. And that's going to take me up to here. 500 and something, 550, something like that. And it keeps moving up as we go up. So to answer your question from an armor investing way, I, this is not even close to a, a place where I would be booking a profit right now. What I will do is follow the stock up using a trailed stop. And there's three trailed stops I'm going to use. The 14-day, the 25-day, and the 50-day exponential moving average. So if this stock runs up here but doesn't quite get to the third standard deviation, or the three and a half, and then it breaks back below the 14-day, I might book some profits then that day. If it takes out the 25-day, I might book a little bit more. Takes out the 50, I'm gone. Right now, the stock is not far enough above any of these things for me to use anything other than the 50-day right now. That's my stop, the 50-day. And I'm just going to let this stock crawl up the 50 as long as it wants. What you're trying to do, and this is the key, Matt, this is the key. We cannot cut our winners early. I went over statistics with you. We're buying 10 stocks. We're going to make money on some of them. The ones we're making a lot of money on. Like when I buy 10 stocks, I'm assuming three or four of them are going to be big winners. And three or four are going to be losers. And the others are kind of a mixed bag. So if Netflix is one, is, is one of those huge winners, which means it could be in the portfolio for a year or two and never close below the 50, I need to ride that thing as hard as I can, as long as I can. That's, how, that's the armor investing way. It's what I do. It doesn't have to be what you do. If you're a swing trader and you want to book profits, I'm never going to talk to you out of that. Do what you want to do. But you're asking me my approach. That's the armor investing way. And I wouldn't use the other moving averages until we get a spread in those moving averages. The asset, I'll show you an example. Take a look at Spotify. And, I'll, and I, I'd like to ask you, where would you sell Spotify? Right? If you sold your Spotify early, you've missed an enormous move. The, the stock has never even challenged the 50-day moving average. So uh, for this stock, we have to change the moving average. And we're going to go, I mean, the, the, the standard deviations will go to five on this. It trades five standard deviations above the 200-day. That's usually where it stops. So I trimmed the position back here. It had that reversal day. And I said, okay, I'm going to trim that day. I wish I didn't. The stock went higher. <laughs> I mean, right? I say, I wish I didn't. I mean, I'm kidding. We made a fortune on it. I booked a little profit. I think we took off maybe 25% of our profit. We got 75% of the position still on. And we bought the stock down here. All right? We were buying the stock right here, 157 and change. It ran up, consolidated. We added to it right here on the 15th. Stock ripped higher. We booked a little bit of profit right in here, and the stock is above where we originally sold. So my point is, we're looking for uh, successes. But also, let me show you this. So see how it's fanned out now? The 14-day, the 25-day, and the 50, are, uh, um, they're spread apart. And so now it starts to make sense to use 
a higher moving average to book a profit. And in this case, I think it would be the 25-day. If you notice how it stopped right on the 25-day here, that's going to be my new trailing, uh, trailing stop. And if things were to get ugly in the market, I might book some profits here. If it takes out the 14-day, I'll book some, and I'll book the rest of the 25. Okay? Does that answer the question, I hope? Um, moving on. You sell or you stop loss? And how often we change the stop loss if the stock is going up? Okay. You say you sell or you stop loss. I don't know exactly what you mean by that. When I say a stop a loss, it's a sale. That's what I, it's a sell order. So I put in a stop loss order and it sells. That's what it does. Um, how often do we change the stop as the stock goes up? So like I was just saying to Matt, um, I was just saying to Matt, the way, um, depending on how aggressive the stock moves. If it moves more like, uh, let's take a look at another stock in Armour portfolios. Here's um, Microsoft. I mean, look, five standard deviations doesn't make any sense on Microsoft. So we're gonna have to move that back down to maybe three. I don't even know. Okay, yeah, well, look, okay. Let's make it, let's make it three and a half like Netflix. That's about right. See back here, it touched it. Right back here, it touched that and then it went straight down, right? So if Microsoft ever gets back up to that three and a half line, I might book some profits there. In the meantime, I'm just going to follow the stock up. And it's a nice steady uptrend. You know, look at the average it's holding. It looks like the 25-day average is where Microsoft is holding above that line. So the 25-day might be what you want to use at Microsoft for certainly half the position and maybe the other half at the 50. It just depends on the type of, 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 of um, um, investor you are. How fast do you want to book a profit versus how long do you want to hold a position and get long-term on the, on, on the move if you can, right? So if you're tax efficient and you're trying to hold it long-term, you're going to have to use a moving average that's more lenient so you're not getting whipped out as much, right? But if you're a trader, a swing trader, then you're going to use a more aggressive moving average. So I'm going to leave that up to you. And that changes every day as you're making money. Those moving averages go up every day. Okay. Um, can you give me a good entry on SPR stock? When should I consider entering where risk is worth reward? SPR. Well, um, I, I really can't give you a good entry on a particular stock. That's not what this show is about right now. I'm just sharing with you how to do it. Um, for, so I, I don't know you and I don't, I don't know your portfolio. And I really, I'm not going to give you advice necessarily on when to buy a specific stock like that. If you want to become an armor insider, I welcome that question. You can give me a call. You have that right as an insider and we can talk one-on-one. -on -one. I can understand your portfolio better and I can give you a real answer about that. Um, oops. All right. Let's see. A Boeing is the main supplier of Spirit Air. Okay. I mean, look, I'm. It, that's that decision is up really up to you. Okay. So I'm going to move on. Brett. Uh, uh, grow, grow generation offering stock yesterday at 560. 
and the stock started running and never looked back. Is that a strong demand sign? Southeastern, absolutely. You know, and um, first of all, full disclosure, everybody, we own this stock in our portfolios at $3.50. So the stock is trading at six and change, um, almost seven. We are looking for the next entry point. So we're thinking of adding to our position and we were waiting for the deal to be done. So um, I like the way it's trading. Let's take a look at the chart together. So this is grow. This is the huge rectangle it's broken out of. Okay. There's the run. There's the pullback and it hit the 50 day moving average the day of the deal that was announced and bounced right off of it. So I, I really like that. I like how the stock is behaving. I'm looking for some type of consolidation that I want to own. Okay. We still don't know if there's an institution or so out there that, you know, want to take a, a profit before the end of the week. I don't know. So I'm watching it closely looking for an entry point, but it's certainly um, uh, impressive. And you're absolutely right. You see a deal get priced at 560 and the stock, you know, doesn't go below six. Obviously there was follow on interest. So they priced it so that the institutions that were buying a piece got it cheap. And then they went out and bought more in the aftermarket. And so that, that's a, that's a positive sign. Um, how does Charlotte's Webstock look? Um, they were busy with acquisitions, raising capital, but the stock. Yeah, I, look, I, I was a huge fan of Charlotte's Web a year ago. We have not owned Charlotte's Web in any uh, armor portfolio for over a year. Um, it's been a real disappointment. The whole space, it's not a Charlotte's Web problem. It's that the FDA, quite frankly, won't get off its ass and tell people what the parameters are for ingesting CBD. And so Charlotte's Web's got this great book of business ready to roll with ingestibles and they can't ship because the FDA won't make a simple ruling that CBD doesn't hurt people. And it's ridiculous. And that's being stretched even further out now because of the pandemic. The FDA doesn't have time to worry about CBD. It's dealing with all these vaccines and all these treatments. So I don't see a lot of hope for that stock right now or the industry in, 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 at all until we get past the point of the pandemic and the FDA can make a simple ruling that CBD can be ingested. It really is ridiculous. Um, I would imagine if Democrats get elected in November in, in, in an aggressive way that, you know, the pot stocks, cannabis stocks, uh, CBD companies, they'll probably all get a little bit of a lift uh, on that type of a news. Um, you know, it'll be terrible for the rest of the country and the rest of the economy, but it'll be great for those stocks. Um, CRISPR, even more impressive. Yeah, Joe, absolutely. CRISPR, I was talking about this the other day. CRISPR is on my list. Um, I just love that company. I love what they're doing. And, and the stock didn't even blink at the secondary they did. That's just that's amazing. So I couldn't agree more with you on that. Did you follow the latest news on IIPR? Ray Ray, I did. And look, man, they raised more money. They did another secondary. And they put the money out with Cresco Labs. That's what I want to see. I want to see them doing business with the biggest and the best. And of course, the stock ripped higher on that news. Um, I should probably own it, Ray Ray, you know, I, I just don't. 
You know, I just don't write in here. I can't really put my finger on why I'm uncomfortable. Other than what I've said before, that if there is any type of, of stimulus bill that's passed that allows banks to bank with the, with the cannabis companies without being um, um, liable to the federal government, I, I imagine that's a negative for this company, right? They get 13% rates of return because there's no access to capital for U.S. cannabis companies. If the laws change at all and there's access to capital, they're not going to get 13% rates of return. And so I imagine that would be a negative. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Matt, okay, you mentioned uh, on another day that bullion is better than holding cash. Can you just give a background, uh, give a bit of background why it's so safe? Oh, okay, Matt. Um, I, I, I said that only because of the market that we're in right now. I wouldn't always hold bullion in replacement of cash. Um, and I certainly carry cash in, in accounts. So I don't have all of my cash accounts in bullion. But I was just saying that um, we're in a unique time in the precious metals um, uh, investing opportunity. We have this unbelievable 100-year uh, perfect storm of uh, supply collapse because of the pandemic and demand explosion because of the pandemic and because of Fed intervention and stimulus and central bank stimulus all around the world. So the, the, the supply demand equation has just gone berserk. So I can't think of a better time to own the metal. And so I hold the bullion. I say it's, it's safer than owning the stocks. It's not as volatile as the stocks. So if you look at armor portfolios, we've owned the bullion since the 23rd of March, and we have not traded it. But we've traded the precious metals mining companies, right? Because they're a lot more volatile, okay? So that, that's my thought there. All right, uh, I'm going to wrap up right here. It says, Brett, if there is a, a market downturn and gold and silver decline, is it logical to hedge? Um, if there's a market downturn, is it logical to put shorts out? It is logical to put shorts out, um, but it's incredibly difficult to make money short when the Fed's adding liquidity. So what I tend to do when the market implodes is I go to cash first. I'll probably hold my bullion, but I might sell everything else. Let's just pretend the market imploded next week. God forbid. Well, not, not God forbid. I mean, we'll take care of our own finances. Let's have God take care of our health. But anyway, market implodes next week. We'll be probably lifting everything out of our portfolios that hit stops. My guess is precious metals won't collapse unless there's a real margin call implosion like in February. Um, and what, what I'll be doing is hedging intraday. I usually don't carry shorts overnight in a market where I know the Fed's out there supporting. Okay. So that's my thought there. All right, guys, listen, I appreciate your time tonight. I hope this was helpful. I look forward to seeing you guys again um, on Saturday. Am I going to do it Saturday? I'm still thinking about that. It's a holiday weekend. I'm not exactly sure I'll be on the desk, but I may. Depends on what happens tomorrow, and, and I, I might see you on Saturday, if not the following week. You guys have a great 4th of July. And Armor Insiders, I'll see you tomorrow in the Slack room. Have a good night, everybody.